Are you kidding me? That's what? Yeah, every so often it happens that Ryan is right. 100% right. Not even a little bit right. Tucker Pullman, two points last game. No kidding. My man. Hey, neither does me running shirtless, but that turned out very well. (laughs) Welcome to the PP1 podcast. Oh, man. Canucks coming off of a massive, well, it was 5-2 and I, I turned the TV off win against Ottawa. They're the absolute best team in the NHL. And because we knew that they were going to win, we decided to bring back a good friend of the show, former Vancouver Connect, but current Canucks alumni, Aaron Volpatti. Welcome back to the show, buddy. There you go. Thanks for having me, guys. So we're not using the term wagon. Yeah, I just, I just, like I said to Ted right before, and I told you, like, if you're implying that they're a wagon, which everyone says, that means like, We've all seen a wagon. The tires, the wheels can come off of those things. So I I think they're a unit. We can maybe call them a unit because it could be whatever (laughs) you want it to be. So, you know, do with that what you will. Yeah, I'm curious to know why the unit is less of a than a wagon. But hey, that's a whole, you're that's really, a whole other debate. You're really killing me on this, man. I really had a thing I thought I was going to go with, and you're just killing me on this. So that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. No whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, I should get the the pleasantries out of the way. Welcome to the PP1 podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, and uh, also brought to you by DraftKings promo code THPN. We got to get the we got to get the bills out of the way. And uh, Raycon, we're going to fill that out a little bit later for you. You'll hear that on the podcast version. Uh, but we did bring back Aaron Volpatti to the show, former Vancouver Canuck. Uh, great guy to chat with. Last time we chatted was uh, right at the beginning of COVID, I think, or or in the middle of Ooh. the first year. So we all had a little bit of time on our hands back then, uh, as did you. And um, we just thought, like, let's get a refresher if he'd let us. And looks like you've had lots on the go since then. You have a book now. Uh, which is uh, super cool, and it is on my list of uh, ones to finish. I have three-quarters done of one book. I have a Brian Burke, and I have yours to go into. So, uh, there you go. And I only read, like, two books a year. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's like uh, pretty high. One of those guys pay, open it up and then fall asleep right away after you start I tr- No, I just try to get out as much as possible and read it. I try to get a book done in, like, a couple days and then, like, feel accomplished, and then I don't have to touch a book for, like, nine months. So perfect. Hey, yeah, that's one way to do it, man. Yeah, it's. I it's, feel like my yeah. kids like sense me reading a book and then immediately come to interrupt me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Airplane yeah, airplane flights are really good uh, places to read books. Oh, I find that's so. A good call, yeah. You know, yeah, true, true. it's uh, that's how it's done. Um, so like that was a pretty big success. Your book that came out. Um, maybe just chat a quick little second about that. Yeah, man. No, it's been a whirlwind. I guess since yeah we last chatted there. I guess to go back, like the the book had always been a side project for me. Um, you know, after hockey was, and a lot of guys go through this, but it was a struggle, man, to find out like what the hell I was going to do with the rest of my life and that loss of identity. Mm-hmm. That shit's real, man. And it, it's hard to deal with. And I mean, I had an Ivy League degree and I didn't know what the hell to do, you know? And so a lot of guys struggle and yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy. And, you know, I, worked a couple different careers within the span of like five years and then ended up leaving the last one and was about to buy a business locally. And thank God that didn't happen because it's like you said, COVID hit shortly after. So that would have uh, emptied my pockets a little bit. Um, And then, yeah, once we were in that lockdown, I again was just kind of thinking like, what the hell am I going to do? And I thought back to this book idea which again had been a, a side project for close to 20 years, really. Oh, wow. Like, you know, like ever since the whole burn injury happened, uh, all the guys, like my teammates behind the scenes, like they're the only ones that truly knew what was going on and, and what I was like really going through. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just thought more about it. And at the end of the day, like I was scared as shit to write that book. I didn't want to write it. Um, you know, I don't even being a man in hockey, like, you know, we're not taught to like be vulnerable and like throw it all out there. So initially I was scared, but at at the end of the day, I thought, man, if I can even just help one person with this, then that's what it's all about. And we ended up raising some, some money for the burn fund in the process. Yeah. We, I think we raised almost $11,000 the first three months there. So yeah, it was really cool, man. And, uh, it's gotten really good 
reviews and, and feedback. So I can't complain. And it's led me to, you know, what I'm doing now with the coaching and, and the speaking gig and it's all kind of intertwined. So it's, it's a running machine now. So it's, it's been good. Is it pretty, yeah, can you, so talk just, a little bit more about, it. I know we don't want to just glaze over this, but, but the coaching and, and the speaking thing, keynote speaker, I mean, can we just go into that a little bit more and the, the types of things that you're doing for people? Because you really have sort of parlayed in this to, to like a full-time job now that you just, you, you go in and people talk and they want to hear your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it really all came from the book. So I, at the, again, I was just like, I'm just going to start writing this thing. So I started putting pen to paper. Um, and then, you know, I got about halfway through the book and the light bulb kind of went off in my head. And I was like, this is what I need to do. Like, this is what I need to teach people being the visualization piece. Because for me, that was, uh, I mean, re really like life changing in so many different ways. You know, like I don't get out of that burn unit and come back and play hockey without this practice. I don't make the NHL without this practice. I mean, it saved my life. And like, like I was painting a, a, a nicer picture than it was after hockey. Like, I mean, I was like rock bottom, like depressed and not in a good place. And as soon as I went back to this practice, like my life changed dramatically again. So again, that light bulb went off. And I launched this, this coaching business uh, and, and had these visualization programs uh, based off of, again, my experience and even like studies at Brown and rabbit holes and research that I, that I had done and read, you know, uh, after the fact. And yeah, created this program and, and it really took off and, you know, worked with a lot of athletes. I've worked with yeah, hundreds of athletes now all over the world, anywhere from professional to like 11, 12 year olds, as young as that. So it's been really cool, really rewarding. And, uh, and then with that came the speaking. So, you know, the, the public speaking is something that I enjoy it. And I've done just like really casually, you know, over the years before I started it professionally, but, you know, just with local people that, that, you know, I know are different connections, right. It's a pretty small community in the Okanagan here. So whether it be teams or, or organizations are like, Hey, can you come out and, and speak and, you know, show up, don't prepare and just chat for half an hour, 45 minutes. And yeah. And that was again, really casually. And then with, with this coaching business, I thought, you know, I could really make a go of this and, and really kind of craft uh, the messaging properly and, and add some value. Right. And then um, yeah, I've been doing that for, for a couple of years here as well. And that's starting to take off. So yeah, I'm kind of at this like tipping point of my long-term vision is more moving to like the consulting type of role with the coaching mm. uh, with different teams and just have, you know, a handful of clients versus like, you know, to be everything to everybody. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, it, right now it, it's working well and that's kind of where I see the long-term going is start really getting established in the speaking, which has already happened. And, but, but you can start doing pretty well there if you, you know, create a niche and, and have your audience and have your messaging really down. So that's kind of where it's all headed. So yeah, man, it's been, it's been a fun ride and I've, it's taken me, well, I mean, I've been doing it for a few years, but it took me, you know, a good five, six years to figure out what the hell I was like meant to do after hockey. Uh, and again, it's, it's not always easy, but just kick open doors. That's all. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's not the right one. And yeah, uh, only one way to find out. Right. So with the book, uh, I just wanted to go back to that for a second. Like once you're able to kind of get pen to paper and get past like your, your personal roadblocks that were in your head, like how, how freeing was that? Yeah, it was really, really therapeutic. I would say I didn't realize how, how much so that it would be. And so that was a really, really cool experience to, I mean, that's also helped me like just in my life in general to you know, be open with, with my wife or with my kids or family and just being able to talk about shit, you know, versus 15 years ago, like bury it, play a game bubble. Yeah. Bury it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just not sustainable in a healthy way. So yeah, it, it definitely helped with that. And I think it's, you know, made me a better man because of it really. There you go. 
Uh, Ted, yeah. I know you. I know you've uh, partially seen the rundown. You've got a busier life than I do. Um, last time we talked about double homicides. We talked about. Uh, <laughs> that was we, my favorite. We like, talked. I, I had to re-listen to our episode because I'm like, okay, because Ted was saying like, I felt like he had a story he was supposed to tell, and I was like, that's, okay, that's funny. That's a chapter in the book. It's called Double Homicide. I love it. And you also talked you about uh, getting uh, smashed in town with a buddy and realizing you had to play that night uh well, by accident dude, yeah that was, um that was an interesting game i scored that game too. and you did yeah you brought that <laughs> so it's just in case anybody forgot right just like and just so you guys know forgets i didn't score so like that was a big deal yeah yeah oh yeah we i mean hey we remember everybody um what i i mean i wanted to kind of keep this fun this time around but uh, we didn't talk hockey cards did you ever have an upper deck young gun rookie card um or any like other types of cards like jersey cards or you know stuff you're like wow i can't believe me aaronville patty is you know like because that's a pretty distinguished thing right to get like a professional sports card let alone like you know we see even now with all the young guns for you know all these guys that are coming through and like they may never play you know after a season or two but they get this this rookie card that it's you know it's kind of like a you know, kind of like a, a little gold medal. Like, did you ever have one of those, like, professionally? I have. I don't know if, like, if the brand was Upper Deck or there's, like, other ones. Or one right? of them. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, it was, like, back in the day, it would have been, like, Opeachy or... It wasn't right, that, that, wasn't that I don't, far, Ted. I can't remember if there was a Young Guns one or not. Okay. I definitely had some cards. They're probably... In, my son's got, like, a big box. I, I'm sure I gave him one. Uh, but, yeah, that was... It was a really cool... To, to see that card. I think, you know, for me, the even cooler thing was, was like the video games where your buddies would text you and be like i'm you fuck you're only rated 61 man what the hell <laughs> and you're like dude i'm in the game leave me alone <laughs> hey i'm in the yeah i'm in the game man come on you're not in the game no. yeah you have to make yourself Actually, and barely get your name in there so hmm. you know what's funny is this year so i've been eight years retired which is insane to think about but um in my hometown in revelstoke like all like the kids and all my nephews they're all around like that i mean there's a couple of like newborns and young ones but they're usually most of them are like five to eight so for halloween my my niece called me and she's like she's like unky do you know that two kids in my class are going as you uh, for halloween oh wow anyway, that's how you know you made it exactly like person so i thought that was pretty cool i'm like well what did they like did they just get a bunch of black eyes? Like, what does that even look like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What does it mean? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I thought that was fun. Oh, but, that's awesome. Yeah. That is a, I mean, Ted, has anybody ever been you for Halloween? Mm, yeah. I think I had this one friend who, but it wasn't very flattering. Yeah, oh, was, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. it's more like a day. He was just ripping like, off on me, like yeah. totally making fun and just jack my style and make me look bad, right? Like same reason we go as you. <laughs> exactly yeah maybe maybe next yeah, year yeah because you have had people dress as you for work i think didn't the whole entire staff go as you technically that that just pilfered clothes from christine over like the course of the month and then just show up on halloween not even I... like three days before um the designers we work with uh yeah they called up my wife and they all dressed up as different versions of me for halloween so <laughs> it was it was pretty touching i'm not, not gonna a, lie it's not that big of a deal yeah i mean so, big deal yeah. like so like nhl or you know totally regular good. guy it's pretty pretty much the same thing it's on the same level yeah. um yeah, they still they still dressed up as you man. exactly so you talk about being retired now for a while um, I just saw this came up in my feed today, uh, Canucks alumni kind of meet and greets, and it had you, Kirk McLean, and I think, oh, who was the other guy? I, I'm, I can't find it. Anyway, it was like a Budweiser kind of whatever, and it was like meet and greet Kirk McLean. I'm like, well, well Aaron's on there. Like, where where could we see him? So how, how involved are you in the Canucks alumni stuff? Yeah, I would say fairly involved. Uh, I, I generally get to, I would say, like two or three things a year whether that's like a charity tournament. Um, they had one last week and I couldn't get to. It's tough with the work and being busy. It's you try right. and try and balance that stuff. I am making, um, this hasn't happened for a long time, but I think the books kind of like maybe brought some of this kind of back out or like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Oh, you know, he was like played for a little bit, I think. And, uh, but I have a, a, a signing appearance in Kelowna on the, I should look this up. I think it's the 24th. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
I want to say it's at a liquor store of all places. Hey, so, you know, uh, yeah, maybe all your colonialists stay tuned. Uh, I, I, again, I can't, rem- I don't have the exact location, but that's happening, which is kind of, you know, partly through the alumni and, right. and just right. yeah, different fun, fun charity games, uh, like the luncheon they have. I can't make it to that one again, but I, I went last year. So yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really good to be a part of, and just, it keeps you in the game and, you get a piece of that camaraderie back that like, that's the biggest thing that, that I miss, that I think a lot of guys miss. It's not just the game itself. It's what you don't see in, in the room and just being around the guys. Right. Go back to sharing stories and stuff like that. When you, when yeah. you first, when you first retired, I mean, obviously you talked about the fact that you hit that low. Did you separate yourself from the game fully for a little bit before making your way back into it? Or was hockey always kind of around for you, especially at the pro level, either it, being through relationships or sticking around teams or, or, or doing work with organizations and things like that? Or was it like kind of a gradual progression? Uh, no, I think the way my career ended with, with the neck injury and it, it was just kind of over like that. And yeah, I wasn't in the, the best place. So I kind of separated myself for, for a couple of years and gradually got back into it. Uh, I mean, I'd like to play ideally like once a week in something, but I, I don't want to do the beer leagues. I, I did it once. And then, you know, there's always that one guy mm-hmm. on every team and mm-hmm. he's like, that guy doesn't look tough. Like I bet I could fight him. And then they chased me around and I'm like, dude, get, get away from <laughs> me, man. Like, so that was, I, I don't have any interest in doing that, but I was going out with the group in Kelowna a few times, which is fun. And, um, so yeah, I've, I've slowly gotten back into it. Uh, like what I'm doing now keeps me involved in, yeah. in the game a little bit. Uh, the on ice stuff I'd, I'd like to do a little bit more of, but yeah, I, I probably am on the ice. I don't know, four or five times a year. Not a lot. Um, I mean, I coach my help coach my kids hockey team, but that's like standing around and shooting pucks, <laughs> making sure they don't go <laughs> yeah, out of the, out of the 10, 10 by 10 area kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've I've gotten pulled back into it more with what I'm doing now, which has been really cool. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. What about? I mean, you you're 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 coaching. You're working with players. Is there like a specific? Because everybody now just specializes in something usually, right? Like it's whether it's puck skills or skating. Is there like an area that you focus on specifically with your players? No, not necessarily. Like, again, my whole thing is visualization. So the technique that I teach for everyone, I call it cinematic mind mapping, where I just want to help every one of my clients create and direct like the movie for their life. Right. So I think I tell them, think of like, if say if they're a hockey player and they want to go play in the NHL. Great. Well, think of it like a movie and let's let's write that. Let's direct it. And I want you to visualize that every single day. And in that comes, you know, what I call it rehearsal imagery, which is one of the types of visualization where it's things like that, right? Okay, like I want you to play that game on Friday. You should have already played that game 100 times in your head by the time it comes, right? So mm. that's everything in, involving skill, right? So that could be skating, it could be shooting, passing, hitting, whatever. And we try to craft that practice and sort of insert it in the movie, if that makes sense. Um, so I let... The, the clients more direct certain areas of their game that maybe they want to focus on more and improve on. And, and for me, it's, it's no, none of it's physical. I'm like, that's, that's you, you're doing that. We're doing the, the mental stuff. Right. So it's about reps through the mind, essentially. That's cool. Yeah, I like that exactly. idea. Yeah, yeah. Man. We're going to get into some actual Canucks talk in a second. Now, neither of you guys know what I'm about to do here. And okay. Aaron's either going to leave or he's going to have one of the biggest laughs he's uh, had in a, in a week. So do I get uh, the shit kicked out of me? Or are you going to pull up the phone? <laughs> like if you, yeah, if you hear a knock on the door, I'm really, you know, I just, <laughs> um, so your book, pretty cool uh, cover photo on there. You're all tatted up and, you know, looking like you're, you're pretty grizzled and, um, the guy to our my screen uh, right uh, also has been known to, you know, hit the gym and get pretty. What are you doing? Get pretty, uh, get pretty ripped. So I tried to, you know, like a who if you had to pick somebody, like would you pick, um, you know, let's say Aaron or Ted? So I just kind of I'm gonna throw this up here for a second. <laughs> um, 
So that's Aaron. That's your book. Um, and I tried to get it, it as close as possible. Um, Ted's actually more ripped than that now. But uh, I just thought, like, folks, if you if we got anybody that wants to comment, like, you know, who who's the better body here? I mean, it's it's tough. Oh like, that's a toss up. It's yeah, uh, you guys are looking pretty mean. So it's uh, that's a tough one. I don't know. So what's that? What's that movie where he's like? Uh... He's like, how much you bench? Yeah. How much you weigh? How much you weigh? <laughs> you know what's funny about that cover is uh, I hired this design team in Toronto and they were awesome to work with. And I had no idea. I kind of just, um, you know, I figured I'd just do like the headshot that most guys do. And that was kind of, I, you know, I figured where we'd be. And they did some mock-ups and they're like, but your whole book well not the whole book but primarily is about like this journey from the burn unit to, to the nhl and i'm like yeah they're like well we need to show your scars on there and i thought okay like i didn't at first i'm like i don't want to be that you know tarts off on the right yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah so they're like well let's just do a few in in the shoot so we did them all and they sent me some mock-ups and they they sent me this one and i'm like it they're like we you need to do this and i was like it does look it does look good Man, it looks awesome. Like, Man, you're a good like looking dude. You're you're pretty chiseled. Like be I'd be proud of that. Hey, and I was like twenty pounds lighter than when I played there. So like a mine's all covered in hair. So even if I had your body or your body, <laughs> um, it's most of it's covered anyway, shirt or not. So Teen Teen Wolf. Yeah, oh it's yeah. it's a little bit more than that, my friend. <laughs> How did that work after hockey for you? I mean, the gym is I think you know the gym physical fitness just being healthy in general as we get older i think starts to play way more of a role than it did when we were in our 20s or even early 30s yeah, yeah. so uh, i mean you being a professional athlete for you know a, a solid amount of your adult life and even when you weren't a pro, when you were a pro you were still playing in college playing in the bchl so the amount of 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 information and and knowledge that you picked up over your career. Do you still use a lot of that for training? Is this, this, do you train the same way that you used to? Do you, do you dial it back? Are you into new things? I'd be curious where you're at with that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's a, that is a big part of, of who I am and how I'm wired. Like I was, I was always just a dog in the gym, mostly because I knew I had to be, you know, the, in the best shape on the team, if not one of the best, because I didn't, that didn't need to be a reason for to ever get cut. And I was always just sneaking into leagues, right? Just creeping in. So I always made sure that, again, that was one of the things I could control, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I was always in really, really good shape. Uh, after hockey, like once my neck sort of settled down, you know, that obviously deterred things a little bit. But yeah, I, I generally do, I don't lift like crazy heavy weights anymore just because, uh, that's not conducive to, you know, no herniation or on a disc <laughs> or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I play a lot of squash, oh, uh, cool. which is a fun game. So here's a, a fun little tidbit for you. Cause again, I, I think I've lost like probably 25 plus pounds of, of muscle. So I'm built a little differently, a little more slender and I go and play these like really intense sports and I'll, I've had, I have two torn meniscus, a torn MCL and like this cartilage tear in both knees. So like, I'm just a mess right now. But other than that, uh, yeah, I, I generally do like workouts kind of every morning. I, I don't like going to the gym. It's not my thing. Uh, it's too social for me where like, I don't see that as a social thing. I'm like, I want to get in here. I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm just here to work, like leave me alone. I probably seem like a grumpy bastard when i go in the gyms but when people start talking to me i'm just like fuck off like just leave me alone anyway so uh i i social things are you know other outlets for me um so i'll just bang out like a 20 30 minute like really hard kind of hit thing nice. every day not not so much legs the last few months with with these old knees of mine now but uh but yeah i always do something so i think like that's a good segue i mean we're watching the connects now talk it's obviously a huge part of that team and really like emphasize fitness with the squad heading into the, the off season and i feel like we're seeing a lot of that now it seems like a lot of guys have come back maybe in in better shape or in a different kind of shape maybe than they were before and i, I feel like 
this is like an Aaron Volpati squad, right? I mean, I think you would be the kind of guy that would play on this roster with that fitness level. I mean, what's it like to play with a coach that really, really emphasizes not only the skill side of it and being able to stick to, to uh, like the on ice program, but, but coming in in the best shape possible and, and telling guys that, look, this is going to be a factor for when you make this team. Yeah. I, well, I, first of all, I don't know if I could play in the league anymore. It's too damn fast. Uh, or I shouldn't say fast. I was always fast, but skill wise. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, the guys are crazy, crazy skilled. And I, you know, you can't, you can't hit the way we used to hit. You'd be suspended every other game. Um, but to go, to go back to the fitness thing, I really think it's a, just a spillover in culture in general, right? So you talk about culture. Well, what kind of culture do you want to have if it's, you know, one of just like relentless, hard to play against, you got to be fit. Right. And, and I think it's one of those things that, that you control, you, you know, it's part of being a professional and showing up every day and wanting to get better, wanting to be the best version of yourself. And in that requires you to be in the best shape you can be in. So I totally think it's, it's a resemblance of, of the culture piece, um, which it, from what I can see, it looks like they've, I don't want to say already built, but I, you know, it, it's definitely going there. Um, it seems like they have it now, right? So yeah. How much of that? Uh, I had a little uh, add to that too. Um, how much of that, or how much credit, or credit's the wrong word, but like the Sedins, they're now part yeah. of the staff. Like, I mean, yeah. you played with them. What what do they bring? Uh, I guess as coaches, like having played with them, obviously that's a little bit different being a teammate. But what would you think that they bring? as coaches to this squad having played with a couple of them but now they're yeah. kind of in the advisory role and the shaping role like i know they did that you know on the ice i'm sure as well but now that they're in more of a you know a teaching mode like what do you think the sedines bring to talk it in the staff yeah i guess a good question i mean like those guys were always in again like to, to my point those guys were always in the best shape right so not only could they could they think the game and and do the kinds of plays that they did. But I remember my, the first camp we did the grouse grind and I tried to keep up with those guys and like, I was in good shape and they just destroyed me, <laughs> you know? So, so again, when your leaders are, are those guys that, you know, they're always in the gym the longest, then, then you want to follow that. And that helps again, shape that culture. I think now in, in their role, which, I mean, you look at their, their lineup, like talk about a, a solid lineup of guys that, that have played and can shed knowledge. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think for these guys, it's not so much, obviously the fitness, although I would say and argue that that would spill over where all those guys know that those guys are, are still in really good shape, but were in good shape when they played like that's, that's well-known knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just like the little things that some of these guys can, can share, right? Like, little plays that you know guys like me would never think to do and not that you're expected to play that but you know things that can really help uh, in the little areas of the game the, just the really fine details like that lineup of coaches they have there's not a single thing that's getting missed in, in practice or games because those guys they all have the pedigree and and then some right to to shed light on all that so yeah, I think they, they got a pretty rock star line of people there. Yeah, I said to my wife before we came out here tonight watching the game, and they did a shot of, like, foot and Talkit and Gontra. I'm like, you know how many Stanley Cups are behind the bench right now? Like, an obscene amount. <laughs> like, just knowing yeah, that they're speaking experience, like you said. Like, it's not just, you know, and these guys were, you know, all, well, all three of them were, you know, at the height of of the NHL. Yeah. Like they were on mm -hmm. some of the best lines or the best D pairings or, you know, Olympic teams or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is that, you know, all these like hall of fame skilled guys that end up being coaches, like, has there ever been a good one? Like all, like you look at Gretzky and I had Oates, that guy's a terrible coach. <laughs> right. And, and then you got guys like the sandpaper guys, like talk it, and um, I mean, there's a handful of other guys yeah. that that were those role guys. They always seem to have more success. I just think it's it's interesting. Like you know? I was having a conversation with about this somebody about this the other day, and someone said that 
the guys who just like have the gifts from God just like are able to put it together because it's something that they can do. And sometimes that's stuff you can't teach. And so yeah. the guys that don't are the guys that have to learn and know the systems top to bottom to make their yeah. move or to gain ground. Uh, I don't know if there's any like truth to that, but. Oh, I think I those mean, guys are probably more relatable, right? Cause they, they had to maybe grind it out versus the other, like, you know, Oates, for example, like he would, he would have been a good assistant coach. Right. Uh, but yeah, he just, no one can think the game like, like him. Yeah. And, you know, he expects that. And it's like, I'm just trying to stay in the league here, man. Like, just <laughs> let me play my game anyway. But uh, yeah, I think it's just interesting that, you know, those guys more, maybe more relatable, maybe more intimidating. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I guess yeah. same with the broadcasters too. Like you look at BXO, which I think has been probably, I mean, super smart guy, yeah. obviously again, went to, you know, pretty smart college as well and did his thing in the NHL like you did. And, you know, always a great interview. I mean, I'm sure you'd seen plenty of them even sitting, if you yeah. ever watch highlights or what have you, but I mean, he just seemed like the most natural fit or even like a Paul Bissonette or like there's some of the guys that, I mean, I'm not saying that those are the same level of guys, but the guys that maybe had a little bit of gift of the gab and maybe they weren't at the top of the lineup necessarily, but they definitely knew about the game and they could bring, bring it necessarily maybe after the game. And you can see that now, like, you know, you're right. You talk yeah. about the Gretzky's or you guys talk about, you know, uh, Oates or whoever. Like, there's a lot of these star players that don't really fit yet. There's the guys that have kind of grinded it out or the backup goaltenders or the, you know, the, you know, the goofy goaltenders like a John Garrett kind of thing. And like, these guys are the yeah, ones yeah. that you're, you're just sucking all the knowledge from because they've had time to, I right. mean, some of them have had time to think about it. So kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyways, interesting topic, but man. Is it getting chaotic for you guys? I'm not quite ready for the craziness of Christmas and everything that goes on, but I mean, work's busy enough. I mean, this podcast is pretty busy and I got another one too, but it might be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now, like right now, before the crowds and pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off. That's half. That's half. Because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk before about Raycon's products before. Do you guys not remember when we were doing Raycon back in the summer there? Just remember, Raycon makes a quality, quality product. Go to their website. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. Let me tell you folks, when you're podcasting, that makes a big difference. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. I could tell you about both of them. And I just might. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. This podcast has a few of those as well. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. Again, 50% off, that's half. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, trust Ryan. You do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon dot com slash thpn to get 20 to 50 percent off site-wide that's buyraycon.com slash thpn to score up to 50 percent off raycon products buy raycon r-a-y-c-o-n dot com slash thpn a couple more things and we'll let you go here uh protective gear has been a big talk in the last couple weeks obviously with uh with adam uh, adam johnson with the skate cut and unfortunately losing mm -hmm. his life uh you've played and i it's it's great to have you and this was something i was hoping to ask you at some point like you've played the game at its highest level and 
you've also had the option to, you know, be a little bit more free with protective equipment because, well, the NHL doesn't exactly, you know, they don't force the issue on a lot of things, I'm sure. When it yeah. comes to, like, neck protection, like, I know there's, like, Kevlar, like, Kevlar socks now, and there's all these different types of protection to, you know, different types of helmets, different this, different that for football or hockey. Like, is the NHL going to get this? Like, what are you seeing? I mean, obviously, you're coaching a minor hockey team, your son's team. I mean, yeah. these are all mandatory items. I, you know, I help out with speed skating. They've got full Kevlar suits, cut proof, you know, undersuits, this and that. And these are all standard things. And yet we see guys that probably could be taking the biggest risks in the NHL. And yet yeah. there's so many of these protective, you know, pieces of equipment that aren't there. Like, what do you see the future? Like, do you see the NHL ever fully pressing these sorts of things? Or what do you think? Yeah, such a good question. I, I've had this talk a couple times. And I mean, short answer is I, I really don't know. I mean, like, let's be honest, at the end of the day, when you think about what it should be, like guys should be wearing cages, yeah. full Kevlar. It just makes sense. But but they don't. So will it get there? I don't know, man. I It's really hard to say. Like I know some of the junior B leagues, I think all of them actually wear yeah. cages now. Yeah. So I think you're seeing it just creep up the ranks. And I think if that continues to happen, um, Yes, like the game's only going to get faster with technology and, and guys are going to get, you know, bigger and, and again, more skilled and faster. So do I think it will get there? I, I honestly don't know. Um, it's hard to say, like, as a player, like, would I be suiting up neck guard? I don't know, man. Like, I have kids now, so I think that would play into it a little bit. Um, if I was just coming into league and... I don't know. It's so hard to say until like something like this happens. Right. So I, I think it's good to, to shine light on it. Um, at the end of the day, they're, they're as tragic as, as that was. And, um, and I'm not trying to like downplay it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there is risk there. So can, can we mitigate it? Right. Um, definitely. Will it happen that I, I honestly can't say yes or no. I, I think it should. Like, again, if you look at the game and and what it should be, like, again, like I said, should have cages, cut-proof everything because it's you're, <laughs> you're playing this game on, on knives. So, yeah, you know, it's a tough one, man. It really is. I remember, I remember my dad talking to, to my grandpa saying, like, sorry, my grandpa saying, like, oh, yeah, I remember when I thought, you know, they'd never make helmets a thing. And then my dad saying like, yeah, uh, I wonder if they'll ever make visors a thing, right? Like it kind of is just the next progression. What is it that prevents the players from sort of taking control of their own destiny with this type of thing? What is it what, what in the culture contributes to that decision? Yeah, I don't think that, you know, the aesthetics of it really play into it anymore. I mean, you're seeing a lot. I've who have I seen like Oshi and Kopitar? I've seen them and a few other guys wearing it, and mm-hmm. it's just not going to be an issue from from an aesthetic point of view in terms of like looking the part and looking cool. I think maybe in the past that's been a thing, right? Where if guys wore like a turtleneck or like a visor, you and they were a fighter, like you'd get chirped. Mm-hmm. So I think that. It, I'm assuming it, it's gone. Um, I would think that that it would be, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, it is such a, a it's just such a hard hard one to say. I really don't know um, where it'll go, but I think at the end of the day, it's the guys' decisions. And I mean, the the re- other thing that I could think of that I really wouldn't like is you'd get so damn hot wearing all that stuff. So again, it's like, okay, I have this trade off. So it's a technology Um, thing too, I guess, like find a way to make those light kind of those light, uh, you know, yeah. Make something that's breathable, movable. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I was a hypocrite, you know, in terms in the sense that I had, I didn't wear a visor. I should have like, we all, they all, we all should, we all should wear cages. Sure. 
but you know, in the role I played, I was like, well, I'm going to get chirped if I, if yeah. I have a visor on now it's grandfathered in. So eventually they'll all have visors, right? So maybe they do that with cages next. And what does that look like with fighting? And there's all these different things. Well, it doesn't look good on TV. It doesn't look good. You can't see the guy's face, right? Like those, those are the, those are the reasons though. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a money piece behind it for sure. Right. So that's the only thing I think is like, (laughs) it's, it's hard to like, call that a trade-off when you're talking about life and death versus like being comfortable. But when you're talking about performance, I mean, the the reality is there might be guys that that trumps the risk of, of an injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you could die from your head hitting the ice too. Yep. Right. So there's, there's other risks and well, how do we mitigate that? And, um, again, like very tragic thing. And I was like, I was even crying. I, I wish I didn't watch the video cause it, it really Ooh. hit me. I saw, I haven't seen it. I saw it once everybody's on the ice. I thought I don't need to no, I, it's not something, and you know, we've seen a few of those already happen throughout the NHL over the years, yeah. and it's, it's not something. I mean, I get it. If the thing is, I guess if you see it, you see it, right? But yeah, it's not something yeah. that people should be looking for. No, totally. So obviously, yeah, really tragic. I don't know where the league's going. Like, again, I'll I'll, I'll repeat this one more time. We know where it should go, right? But but there's a lot of factors that are going to play into that in the long run. So. There's, yeah. there's just a quick thing on here, and this is a fair point. I think you've kind of said it, um, and we'll, we'll kind of send you on your way in, in a second here. Um, Christopher Phillips, good friend of the show, um, he asked, and I'll put it on here, um, is getting chirped worse than a catastrophic injury? And I mean, no. I, I think that's a fair question, right? No, and that's, yeah, that's like a very minor thing that, again, I don't think is an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. That I think that's out the window. I was talking about the visor thing. Right, right. Okay. Like, like for me, that was a risk, you know, I guess more like with eyes, for example. Sure. I, I was willing to take that risk because like I'm trying to stay in the league. And is that going to, mm-hmm. is management and the coaches going to think differently of me? And again, I'm trying to stay in the league. So these are all the thoughts that run through right. your head. So yeah. in that question, yeah, it is worth it. Yeah. For me in that moment. Um, the neck guard thing, I don't think that falls into this category because I don't think that they won't get chirped for wearing a neck guard anymore. Right. Yeah. You just right. won't. And if, if you do, you're a piece of shit and you shouldn't be in the league because that's just not cool, man. Yeah. Right. I think, um, I, I, think I think everyone gets these like kind of moral dilemmas almost, or not moral, but, uh, you have this personal dilemma where again, in the moment and you're at the, the highest level and you're thinking, well, you know is this something that's going to affect my job? Is this, and you don't know how the coaches or anybody else is going to think like if I do this and it causes me to maybe think twice about something else while I'm doing my job on the ice, you know, is that going to affect, you know, how many more shifts I get or or this, that, and the other, like I I could see that. Like it's, those are questions you're asking yourself as the game's going on. Right. I, I mean, if you looked at most of the fourth lines 15, 10, 15 years ago, not many guys had visors. So, do I want to be one of those few just coming into the league? Like, well, yeah, part of me wants to protect my eyes, but the other part says, no, I got to play the role. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it is, it's such a hard, That's tough. it really is. That's yeah. tough. Um, um, sorry, Ted. I just want to maybe end this on like a fun note. Obviously, you know, you, you're watching hockey with your son right now. The Canucks are on a heater. Uh, I mean, unit. I don't, I don't a know. Unit. They're, they're, they're a unit. unit. Thank you. No Tim McAuliffe just said they're a wagon. Off. So I don't know. Um, yeah, what do you think about this team right now? Do you, do you notice any similarities from from when you played with Vancouver? And is this sustainable? Like, what do you what are you liking about them right now? I think there is some similarities. I think guys have very defined roles and and they're playing them well. Uh, man, like some of the skill level is 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 pretty insane. I mean, like Quinn Hughes. I remember so going back. This is probably. I think that might have been when how long has he been there for over five years now, right? I think like three, this is year five. Is it year five? Is this year five? I think this is year five. I want to say it was just before COVID or you maybe think we should know when, this, but we don't. Yeah. Or maybe it was when COVID kind of like got lifted and I went to a game, took my son, and I didn't know who anyone was then, like because I wasn't really watching the game and like that whole team's new. I haven't played with anyone. I know of some of the guys. And man, that guy. I, he just, every time he touches the puck is like something happens. Um, 
so I think they got the making, they got all the tools. Um, and I think that's where some of the teams that struggle don't have that defined, defined roles. Like there's still the bottom six still needs to bottom to be the bottom six mm-hmm. and they need to, you know, play the shutdown role, be hard to play against. Um, I think they have that. And obviously like their top lines are, are just buzzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're doing their thing. So <clears throat> to go back to, to your point, I think there is some similarities uh, from that like 2010 team. I, I, I kind of feel like these guys might be a little smaller overall, but that the games also, the games lent itself to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't really necessarily, I guess, mean much really. I mean, if you look at some Stanley cup winners, the past teams have been pretty big and heavy. So I'd be curious to see like, if they went up against like Vegas, for example, in a playoff series, like how would that pan out? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll find out. But uh, I mean, yeah, they, they, I think they've surprised people, correct? Like they weren't supposed to be this good or were they, they? surprised us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the, the general consensus is that they were going to be pushing for a playoff spot. Yeah. They looked that, really that good. was the max expectation, I feel like. I just feel like their execution is so good. Like they just, they control the play. Like I don't see a lot of mistakes and there's a lot of exciting guys to watch. Right. And then again, if you mix in the, the right role players, which it seems like they have, mm-hmm. you never know, man, they, they could, they could make a push. I, I told somebody today, I'm okay with a Cinderella run this year. It's fine. Yeah. Fine by me. I'll take one. I'll, t- I'll take one. Uh, Aaron, this, is, this has been an absolute blast and a pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming back on our show. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like you're, you're a very well-spoken guy and you, you've got a lot to talk about from the game, from a lot of different aspects. And I think, uh, mm. I think that's, what's a lot of fun to chat with you. It's uh, there's, there's always something that, that we can grab on. I think there's a lot of, a lot of, topics that we can get into um just before we let you go is there anything that you'd like to promote obviously now that you're doing public speaking um you the book's still out there it's not going anywhere um if you'd like to bring that up or uh kind of what you've got going on if there's something that uh you'd like to promote by all means uh fire away for a second yeah i mean i guess just probably my website's the easiest place to go find me find find some information it's just my name aaronvalpatty.com same thing with all my Seems my easy social enough. Is, is all my name at Aaron Volpatti. So yeah, check that out. Uh, the book's on Amazon. If you want to, you know, have a read, I promise you'll be entertained at the least. So there's, there's some good stories in there too. So Beauty. yeah, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me on again. It was fun. That's awesome. Plans, uh, plans for another book down the road, or are you going to just leave the pen down for a little bit? Uh, you know what? I've, I've considered it. So yeah, we'll see. I, I enjoy I enjoyed it, so I would do another one. So cool. I don't it wouldn't happen anytime soon, but but yeah, maybe in the future we'll see. You can talk right. about comparing bodies with a podcaster. Yeah, only if you'll be on the cover, I'll do it. Oh, okay. Teddy! Oh, there you go, man! You've made <laughs> yes. it. See, yes. people in. instead of going oh, as man. somebody for Halloween, you can be on somebody's book. There you go. There That's you go. awesome, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. thanks so much, man. Thank you so yeah. much. We uh, we appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Uh, Uh, Thanks for coming by. Go Canucks, go. All that jazz. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. What a beauty. Man, he's such a good guy. Such a good guy. And he didn't leave the show after we uh, posted that photo of you and him. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. It just... (laughs) I wasn't wasn't sure... You did that. I wasn't sure that was going to go, and he's he's, he's entertainable, so... Great guy. I just love that... uh, that he's just willing to share whatever insight or opinion that he's had because he's been in those areas with those players and in all different levels of hockey. Right. So yeah, his insight is always appreciated. I love it when he drops a little knowledge on us, but uh, yeah, super personal guy. Really fun to talk to. I can't wait to uh, go check out the book out. He was still hanging out. I'm like, if you like, you can leave. We appreciate it. Like you don't have to hang around. So um, man, like oh, he's, it's just, there, there's always, there's good stuff to talk there. Uh, like I said, I uh, I have that book in my list of of, of reads, and uh, especially considering, I mean, he's a pretty interest. He's got a pretty interesting life. So, uh, yeah. people, go check it out. Fighter by Aaron Volpatti. The Canucks won again, Ted. I didn't see the final score, but I think it was five two. So yes. and it uh, was and it's and it's Quinn uses technically his sixth year, but he only played like the five games. That oh first yeah, year, so yeah, fifth full season. We'll 
we'll call it. He is an absolute banger out there. Tonight's game went a few different ways. Besser scores on a goal that they had to wait to call 15 seconds in. Glove save inside the net. Uh, they end up calling it a goal. Then you see Mikheyev pots two tonight. He looked like an absolute unit out there. Patterson was just going. He had an absolute clapper to make it 5-2. Miller scores. Like, it's not that the, the shoe's going to drop. I think I got to stop saying that around everywhere because I think that's the wrong thing. But whenever, and again, I don't even think regression is the proper word, but they're going to lose a game and they're probably going to lose a few in a row at some point. And sure. because that's how sports work. And if they didn't, then this could be the greatest team ever assembled, which is entirely possible. But it's going to happen, and we're going to look at it, and I think the team's going to look at it as well and think, okay, these are the things that we were doing and they didn't work this time. I don't know if it's going to be just a bad goaltending night or if it's going to be a defensive lapse or even Quinn Hughes looks pedestrian or guys are just not on assignment or whatever. It's going to happen. However, we're now at a point where the Vancouver Canucks... And it's still not American Thanksgiving, and we're not at Christmas, we're not the All-Star game. All those big markers we talk about. Yeah. I think even at this point, though, like, let's take, like, the, the hype train away for a second, even though it's super easy. Why? I'm just saying, like, this <laughs> This is a leg- I think we have. I think the Canucks are a legit team this year. Like, they're no longer the, like, Aaron brought up, like, how, you know, Chris passes and, like, everything seems to be happening you know, the way it's supposed to be happening. Last year, there were still a lot of these lapses, right? And I don't really see, even when they're giving up on, or when goals are being scored, it's not like everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. I just... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there. They're right there with Vegas where, does this make us 11-2-1 now? I, so I, I think that puts us dead even with Vegas. Yeah, for a like, second. We're scoring a ton of goals. Uh, like, it... it it feels good. We beat up on the Oilers, who, who now are in that op. I mean, they're basically the opposite. They're the upside down version of Vancouver right now, which is pretty hilarious. Right? We're the like, Demogorgons. It's going like this for Edmonton for another week or so. You know, another five, six games or something like that. They're like stick a fork in them. They're done. Right. They're mm-hmm. just not going to be able to come back from that. And I think if you flip that around and you you push it to Vancouver, and we look at another four, five, six games of positive records and you know, coming out of road trips with a, with four wins or something like that. I mean, this team is going to be, the team is going to be looking really good, right? I mean, their last 10, they're eight, one and one. They're sitting on that streak. I mean, if, if all they do is play 500 hockey the rest of the way, they're going to have a chance to do some, some damage in the standings. And I think this team is completely capable of that. I mean, that would put them at what we considered that sort of bubble team, to begin with this year not expecting this heater that we're having right now right yeah it's so we're yeah, we're in a weird spot with this squad for sure and it's a, i mean it's, it's so fun i think that's the best part is it's so fun uh, regardless of if like tonight they're up two nothing and i'm thinking wow and then you know they get one kind of middle or was it end of the first middle of the first yeah ends up tying up the game they end up going back and scoring a goal and then they put up another two after that and you're just thinking like they're finding ways to make sure that even if they're winning or they're down, they're coming back and they're just, they keep pressing. Their bottom six guys are pressing. They're getting, they're getting bounces, man. They're getting puck luck. Like, yeah. It's, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at the stats right now. PD's still leading the league, 24 points. I mean, you have Quinn has one more point than Jack Hughes, which to me is hilarious. And that's, this is, I don't think these are updated either. So there's no points included from this game. So another five spot on another team for the squad. And I think you were talking a little earlier about, you know, how good Mikheyev looks, right? I mean, that size and that speed on the 14, it's exactly what a guy like Pedersen and Kuzmenko need for this line. Um, and, and Aaron talked about it earlier, right? I mean, I think the role players that are sitting on the squad right now are, are really all just in the right spot for this team. Um, and they're about to, to welcome Teddy Bluger back into the lineup, right? I mean, uh, yeah, there's rumor point. he might have played tonight, so likely against Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched Toronto. the game. I'm going to check it out after. But uh, what happens when Bluger gets back, right? I mean, there's going to be some crazy roster decisions that are going to have to be made. I mean, I think the usual suspects, people at the start of the year, were thinking, 
it's okay when Bluger gets back in. We'll just, you know, I'm sure Hoaglander will be the odd man out. And now we've got Stadnika up here playing really well. And I feel like Hoaglander is here to stay now if he just does anything like what he's been doing for the last, you know, eight games or so the rest of the season. I mean, he's, he's been a be bulldog. In, yeah. It's going to be in pretty great shape, right? So I, I don't. I don't know what the coaching staff is going to do, but that's the first time in a long, long time that we've had a good problem about like, it, you know, we were in the scenario of God, can we get that guy out of the lineup so that we can get somebody else in and just have a look. And it's not like that anymore. We, we got a, a bona fide free agent signing that's supposed to help your bottom six and your PK. And it's like, do we want to disrupt these good vibes that are happening right now? And we're not even talking about like Christian Willannon, like, Last year, we're yeah. like, oh, he's gonna be he's gonna be here or Akito Hiroshi or you know like there's like let him just sit there like things are fine. Just just simmer. I was talking to I was talking to Darren about about guys like Willannon, right? I mean, like good teams, you know, get far in the season and and push through the playoffs, and some of them win championships based on depth mm-hmm. with guys like Willannon, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. They're not going to be the guys who are, are, are up there playing in the biggest games, but you have to have serviceable depth to get you there. And in in years past, we've had guys like Wolanin on this roster who we've had to depend mightily on. Reliable right? players because we have to rely on them. Yeah, because we have to. I mean, you know, God love Kyle Burroughs, right? I mean, that's probably a guy that you'd want to have on your squad is depth, right? And that is a good depth player. But we've had we've been so you know subject to having these guys as big minutes, lots of games, important players for this squad because there was nobody else. But finally, these guys, even the role players and the depth players can now finally settle into that rep role of being a depth player for this team. And and when the time comes, because injuries do happen, you know, a guy like Will Lennon is going to be a really handy player to lean on for, you know, 5, 10, 15 games, however many it is that he has to play. But just know that he's finally in the right role at this at this point in time. Yeah, and they can massage these guys in at a certain point too, whether it's by injury or, you know, maybe, again, somebody has to slow down. Like there has to be, yeah, and likely bottom six guys or defensemen, like someone has to slow down at some point. And you're going to be like, you know what, for the sake of change, let's, let's you know, call this guy up or, or what have you. Because, I mean, hey, well, you and I have watched the same team for a long, long time. These things will be happening at some point. Hopefully, not yeah. to the level they've happened. In and this is not the same team. I no, mean, this is so different. It's very, very different about this squad. And I, I think we have to go back again to 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 the talk at in, installing this culture, right? And, and yeah. again, Aaron talked about culture and how important that is. But it's there, right? I think these teams are are defaulting to the system and this style of play when they when they find themselves in trouble and it's it's set them free in a bunch of areas and now they they've they've tasted success with it and i think they're just going to keep down on the table you know it's interesting uh, and i got a funny one to end on this but you think back to like the elaine vigno team when he took over mm-hmm. and you look at how defensive that first season was remember yeah like you yeah, think we talk about this a lot yeah. like how luongo was just like i mean <laughs> sorry i don't want to get too crazy here um how Luongo was just so amazing, and that defense kept them in every single game. They won the division. He should have honestly had a Vezina that season. Yeah. And, I mean, and yet Naslin, like, we didn't need, like, they needed goal scoring. They weren't getting a lot of it, but they are winning games 2 1. They are winning games 3 2. They're, they're pulling out wins because they had a guy that they absolutely could sell out on, and they did, and they, they won as many as they won. And then once the goal scoring came, then it was like, okay, well, we already have all this. And now they're just a freaking unit. And now you look at this team and it's not, there's no real like defensive or offensive structure. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not built on like, we do this portion well, or we do this portion well. It's like, everybody just has to be able to play 60 minutes where we've asked them to play 60 minutes. And thankfully, the guys that are doing really well are, you know, the guys that, you know, have drafted and everybody's been patient with. So, I mean, there's going to be contract talks, obviously. If this keeps going, like, the whole Patterson thing is, like, you better sign him sooner than later because the number keeps going up. Like, if he's challenging for an Art Ross, Ted, with Quinn Hughes at the same time, like, I know that sounds crazy, but for two seconds, I mean, could you imagine a world where Elias Patterson is having to say, well, 
Quinn Hughes got this, and he's only on, you know, he's doing the defensive thing. I mean, maybe Quinn Hughes re-ups at that point. Like, hey, man, I get, I should be getting more than Pedersen for sure. Like, uh, we're getting into silly territory. And speaking of silly, I mean, we're talking about a guy who could win. He's got the chops to win an Art Ross. This is the... We've talked about this, you know, a couple of times over the years that this might be the only guy in the squad back then that has the chops to win an Art Ross. He's also the only guy in the squad at the time when we were having these conversations two, three years ago that we felt, you know, could win a Selkie, right? And now you've got arguably our best defensive forward leading to league in points, currently a plus nine. He's not lights out on the power play. I mean, he's got three goals. He looks good, right? I mean... But JT is, he's the one that looks like he's stirring the drink defensively, which I wasn't expecting. And and then we're talking about Quinn just literally lights out for the squad. 21 points, Ryan. 21 I, points in 13 games. And I'm I not even including I can't wait for the Leafs tonight. game. I don't even know. I can't wait for the Leafs game, honestly. I, like, I wanna, we almost need I to watch say, this together. Yeah, totally we should. I want to say like this one thing about, about Quinn, and, and, and I was having this conversation the other day with my wife, and I was just like, now, now more than ever, it's 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 so possible that Quinn might go down as the most talented player to ever play as a Canuck. That's saying I mean, something. He, it's we're we're not. He's only we're, we just talked about five full seasons. He's embarking on his fifth full season currently. And that's saying something. And, and his his ability to control the game and to have an impact and special skill. I mean, he's probably already eclipsed Linden in that in that sense, right? I mean. Yeah, it's it's quite possible he scores 100 points this year. I mean, nothing. These kinds of questions aren't out of the realm. I mean, there could be a, a, a Norris winning defenseman playing for the Vancouver Canucks, and and if he keeps ascending at this pace, I mean, you're, you're very easily in there with the conversations of, you know, the Sedins and the Burrays of the world. I mean, it's it's not that much to get to an Art Marcus Naslin level. I mean, when you think about where he is currently. And what he's shown and just God-given ability to do, like he could go down as the greatest all-time Vancouver Canuck. And I know that's so big, and I know that that's a long way of thinking. But, but in terms of pure potential and, and where he's sitting, I mean, it's he's fast. The sky is the absolute limit for this. He's guy. He's fast tracking himself on that. And I think, I think you're right. There are a lot of guys that could easily be eclipsed, and the two toughest ones would be the Sedins. And I think. He's doing something that's probably a little bit harder because it's on the defensive side of the game. Look, what happens if he wins a Norris this year? Say he he scores a hundo and wins a Norris, right? Where where does that what level of prestige is that now putting in that? So if he wins a Norris with a hundred points, what other awards does he win this year? Right? I mean, I, I'm thinking of one it's as got, much as he should. Because I'm thinking of one Coast, West Coast vote. I'm thinking of, there's there's one award I'd like him to win, and it's got a big leaf on the top of it. But that's a whole other conversation. <sighs> that would be great, right? I yeah. mean, all it's going to take is we know he's got the individual chops. It's going to take sure. some some team success, right, to to give him that stature. But I'm not even talking about the awards end of it. I'm just talking about like the sheer Canuck end of it. And mm-hmm. he is just he's so good right now. And I, how on earth did you ever think that a, a, a player like Pedersen at this point in time for what he's doing offensively could be overshadowed? But will he, will he win the Cyclone Taylor award though? Yeah. Well, I've, that's a, who wins the Cyclone Taylor? I don't know. Could be, could be Pedersen. Could, could be, be Hughes. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, really who, hero, who cares about, about Phil who cares about Art Ross? Like who's going to win the Cyclone Taylor award? That's what I yeah. want to know. So um, we'll end on a funny note. So you guys all know that I do my my travels around town. This week, on one day, I saw two of the funniest things that made my week. The first one was a bumper sticker. It said MILF on the back. M.I.L.F. You know where my brain's going with this. Except it said, man, I love Falcons. <laughs> and then there was another one that says, we like to watch. And it's people looking at Falcons. Uh, it was a, it was an interesting car. That's cheeky. It was very good. It made me uh, giggle, and I wanted to make That's sure cheeky. I got it on the show. And then the last thing, I was going to the rink yesterday, and I'm driving. Uh, it's you know it's got darker obviously around town, for whatever reason. Something about uh, the seasons or such. It's like a farmer thing. I think. It's the 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 farmer's uh, encyclopedia. I think it's called. 
right? That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. yeah. So I'm driving down. Uh, I'm driving Not down. Britannica. It's a different thing. Britannica. Did you say? It's both of those things. So I'm driving down Gordon Drive, and uh, I'm going, and I see going down the bike lane the other way a four point buck. Notice that uh, that Jeff Carter's wearing a neck guard. There you go. Yeah. The tides are changing. I saw a four point buck going the opposite way in the bike lane, two two lanes over from me. I didn't know what to think of that. It uh, not only was he going the wrong way, which I would have yelled at a cyclist if he was doing that, but like, what do you do? You see, you see this? Just this summer, down downtown by the old uh, Nesters there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a deer walking around the downtown, and then waited till the crosswalk turned to walk, and then used the crosswalk. While Very polite. Two cars waited there. My wife and and the guy across from her, and this deer just waited his turn, hit the crosswalk. As soon as the light went and the way you went. You can go. You can they go. They know what's up. Yeah. They know what's up. Very weird. Just weird, weird times in Kelowna. Uh, folks, I think that's about time for us. Somehow we got to the hour mark. This has been great. We were even going to split it up, do some chores, come back. But we uh, we, powered, we powered through. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Ted for for dedicating an hour to this because, I mean, you got a life. you got a busy life going on. Are you watching the hockey game already? No, no. I'm just looking at these wild numbers. There's there's one, two, three, four, five players on the roster currently that are above a point-per-game average right now. That's dirty. Two of them are defensemen. Philip Ronick hasn't scored a goal yet this year. He's and got a ton of assists. more points than games played. He's got 14 assists. Yeah. Plus 13. Yeah, he's all right. He's been You've a nice fit. A, a guy like Ilya Mikheyev, who's almost a, a point-per-game player. Yeah, he's been okay. He almost yeah, had I mean, he was, almost had a hat trick tonight. Yeah, so he's above a point per game now. So uh, I just I am I continue to be just shocked at at the at this roster and what it's doing. It's definitely greater than the sum of its parts, or it's not. It's exactly where it's supposed to be. But we finally have a coach who's getting exactly what they need to and the most out of these players. So Man, really so fun to watch. Right maybe now. I PD- just can't stress that enough. It's fun to be a Canucks fan. Maybe PDO doesn't exist for the Canucks. <laughs> hell of a drug uh this has been a lot of fun on uh on behalf of, of my boy teddy uh our good friend of the show and g- special guest this evening aaron volpatty former vancouver connect played in the 2011s almost Stanley cup team don't know if he played in game eight though i'll have to look into that um i'm ryan this is the pp1 podcast on the hockey podcast network with DraftKings promo code thpn and raycon Go get those buckets on your ears. Go get uh, go get those tunes flowing for you. People in podcasts. Peace out.